This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Equity Mates. Ren here. We know that throughout this episode, we spoke about interviewing a CEO and asking some questions to that CEO. Unfortunately, CEOs are incredibly busy people and we weren't able to align calendars to get this episode in your feed at the same time that we dropped the Summer Series episode. However, keep an eye out on the Equity Mates feed and you'll see this CEO interview soon. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is useful. Welcome to the Equity Mates Summer Series of 2020, brought to you by Superhero. Over the next 12 episodes, we're going to be diving into some of Australia's largest and most well-known companies as selected by you, the Equitymates community. We'll be unpacking the company, its industry, its key outlooks, and some of the key financials. And also, in some instances, we'll be lucky enough to be taking the tough questions straight to the CEO. To do this, as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How's it going, bro? I'm very good, Bryce. I'm looking forward to this summer series. Favorite time of the year. Yes, that's because we're going to be on holidays. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to be uh, trying to get that uh, ever-elusive tan. <laughs> going from you, mate. World's most pale I'll man. be leathering myself in sunscreen and wearing four hats. I don't hats. think they have sunscreen strong enough for, the, yeah. for this summer. I'll be doing my own perso lockdown. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Exciting times, Ren. As always, we do this over each of the last few summers. We dive into either an industry or specific companies, and we've been lucky enough to partner with Superhero to do 12 episodes. So we may as well kick straight into it for this episode. Let's do it. So the first company we're going to be talking about is a company that has got a lot of headlines this year. It's had a very interesting year, very good year if you're a shareholder in a very interesting sector, probably your second favorite sector after the cryptocurrency sector. Oh, come on, retail. True, true. <laughs> and gambling. So my fourth favorite <laughs> sector. But anyway, we're talking buy now, pay later stock and we're talking ZipPay, ASX ticker Z1P. That's right, Ren. And this one, we have been lucky enough to secure some time with Larry Diamond, who is the CEO and, and founder of Zip. So uh, we'll be releasing a bonus episode where we take some of the tough questions straight to Larry as submitted by the Equity Mates community. So yeah. stay that, tuned for that. Well, that should be in your feed. Right now. Right now. Unless you're listening to this the second that it drops and then it will be in your <laughs> feed very soon. So Ren, what we will be doing in this episode and in all subsequent episodes for the summer series is looking at five key areas for the company. 
starting off with just a bit of a summary, then looking at the industry context as well as major competitors, having a look at the outlook and uh, I guess their strategy over the next few years, digging into some of the financials, and then as always, we try and close out with a, a bit of a valuation, looking at different ways that we can approach that. I guess as a warning as well, these are not buy, hold, sell recommendations. We're not going to be speaking about that at all. This is purely just a way to demonstrate the way that we think about researching companies. But also, Ren, it's pretty exciting because for all of these episodes, we've actually had research assistance from the Equity Mates community. So Zip, we're very thankful to Morgan who has helped us with this one. So Morgan, shout out to you. You've done an awesome job. Well, we'll see. <laughs> yes, yes. Let's start with the company summary. And I think some people will be familiar with Zip, but let's assume that we're not. So Zip is in the buy now, pay later sector, and it provides digital payment services to consumers, basically as an alternative to credit cards. And in a nutshell, rather than paying for something up front, or putting something on a credit card, it allows you to pay in installments over a period of time. The company's mission is to be the first payment choice everywhere and every day. And it's really focused on small and medium enterprises. Although, as we'll get into, it says it's focused on small to medium enterprises. It's done deals with like Bunnings, Amazon. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think it's focused on whatever business will have it. But we'll, we'll get into that. Quick question. Their mission to be the first payment choice everywhere and every day. Do you use it? No, I've never used a buy now, pay later service. Old school. I also I have a credit card, but I try not to use it. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. I just don't buy things. That's that's really, <laughs> that that's my secret sauce. <laughs> that is true. And <laughs> very, that's because you have liquidity issues. Very, <laughs> very rarely will be seen in a retail store. True. <laughs> true, true. Anyway, we digress. So I think maybe for those people unfamiliar with the buy now, pay later sector, do you want to just give us a quick buy now, pay later 101? Sure. So it is different to credit cards, as you alluded to, Ren, and there's sort of three major differences. The first being that there is no interest for the customer. So that's what makes it appealing to a lot of the millennials who are signing up. There's no interest incurred on those expenses if you're using the services correctly. The retailer is actually charged a percentage of the transaction. So that's where Zip and you know their competitors of Afterpay and the like make their money through the retailer transaction clip. And then thirdly, Ren, they make their money through late fees for customers as well. So I think from memory, you, have, you generally have about four periods in which you have to pay off your transaction. And then after that, they make their money on late fees. So that's kind of the three main 101s for the buy now, pay later sector. Yeah. And I think to give you an idea of just the impact that the buy now pay later sector has had on the I guess the Australian credit landscape you would call it yeah 2020 has been a terrible year for Australian credit cards which is actually a great year for Australian consumers so it's something we love to see but 7.3 billion dollars has been wiped off Australia's collective credit card debt in 2020 791,000 personal credit cards were cancelled in 2020 and there were 11 million fewer credit card transactions in September 2020 than January 2020. Now, obviously, COVID had mm. an effect on that. Obviously, JobKeeper and JobSeeker had an effect on that. But at least some of that impact is due to a better credit product being offered to Australian consumers. So I think Buy Now, Pay Later has obviously been big in terms of 
stock chat and in the equity mates community and every investing community in Australia. But I think it offers an alternative and from a financial perspective, alternative for Australian consumers. And it is starting to have a meaningful impact. Yeah. So Zip, you know, to the regular retail investor might seem like it just offers the digital line of credit, which is, I guess, what we would use if we're buying from shops online. But they also offer something called Zip Business, which is an interest-free digital line of credit for small to medium enterprises. And they have a Zip app, which is a digital wallet and pocketbook personal finance app to manage finances, budgets, and help you with your savings. So they have their fingers in a few pies. In terms of operations, Ren, they operate in Australia, the UK, New Zealand, USA through a company called QuadPay, and I think they're in South Africa as well through an acquisition called PayFlex. So they're starting to go global, which you're seeing is a trend with all of the buy now, pay later companies here in Australia. Yeah. And Zip's expansion strategy has been heavily focused on acquisitions. You mentioned QuadPay, you mentioned PayFlex, PartPay, which was UK based. I'm pretty sure they acquired as well. A lot of these buy now, pay later stocks are based in Australia, you know, like Afterpay, but they're expanding overseas and Zip's expansion strategy has been to supercharge that through acquisitions, I guess, rather than trying to naturally set up an office in a new market and expand their brand that way. In terms of COVID, Ren, you mentioned there the impact that COVID may have had with the credit cards. What do you think the impact has been for COVID for Zip, positive or negative? Well, I think the trend is positive in terms of changing customer preferences. And the the major one is more online shopping. And obviously, you know, Zip and Afterpay and all of that offer their services for in-store purchases, but it feels like a digital line of credit is more natural for digital purchases. I don't know. I'm Mm. not a big retail spender, but I just feel there's an alignment there. I don't know if you being a prolific spender (laughs) on retail purchases, (laughs) have you used Buy Now, Pay Later? Have you used it more this year than previous years? I've used Afterpay once, have never used Zip, and I did Afterpay just to get an idea of what the service was like. But yeah, I'm not a big user of it. But what I found interesting is in March, Zip actually fast-tracked some technology to allow consumers to use their Zip account for everyday spending, such as food, bills, petrol, that sort of thing. So really taking it to the next level of not sort of larger purchases and shoes and the like, but your everyday bits and pieces. So I found that kind of quite interesting. Which is funny in a way because I don't know the specific details of that expansion, but it feels like it's becoming less and less a credit line for a specific purchase and more and more Just a, credit a general credit line. Yeah. And then the, the whole conversation, and I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole, but it's like on one hand, credit cards price their risk at a 20% interest rate. Like they see just general lines of credit to general consumers as incredibly risky and they need to put an incredibly high interest rate to accommodate that risk. Whereas as these buy now, pay later stocks move into more general credit rather than specific purchase credit, the pricing of the credit risk is just incredibly different. And, you know, there are some reasons for that. You know, they all claim that they've got much better technology to assess credit risk and they can have much richer data sources that previously weren't available to credit card companies, all of that stuff. And I think there is some merit to that. But for me, it is an interesting one that there's been such a step change in Mm. the pricing of credit risk Mm. that they can now offer interest-free credit, basically. Well, that's a tough question that we can take straight to Larry Diamond when we interview him. So (laughs) let's mark that one. Ren, let's move on to industry and competitors. It's a hot space at the moment. It's a new industry. There's a lot to understand. And so maybe let's take a step back and look at the broader sort of context. And 
if you're thinking about this industry, you can't just think about the immediate buy now, pay later players. Yes, yeah, which there's a lot of, and I've got a bit of a game for you in a second around okay. that. But I think the broader context and the way that I like to think about competitors is substitution possibilities. So if a consumer isn't using zip pay, what are the substitution options available to them? And it's it's much broader than just substituting to another buy now, pay later provider. Credit cards we've touched on, just actually saving and using your cash. So like the substitution possibilities in terms of how a consumer buys something is really the competitive set that Zip is challenging. And so you've got... Does crypto fall into this? <laughs> no, 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 no. Until I can walk, until I can take my crypto wallet to Amazon and uh, well, buy something online. Well, you can through PayPal. Can you? Yeah. There you go. So it does. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, anyway, keep going. Well, you could ask Larry Diamond about that. <laughs> true, I true. am probably not going to. <laughs> but yeah, so for me, when you think about its competitors, the biggest competitors are the credit card players. So the big four banks, American Express and those guys, and then also all the buy now, pay later players. And the competition amongst the buy now, pay later is two-sided. So they're competing for customers, for you and I to use their services, but probably more importantly, they're competing for retailers to offer their services yeah. because in some ways winning the retailers automatically means you win the customers. And, and the best example of that is Amazon. So Amazon partnered with Zip, which means if you want to use buy now, pay later services through Amazon, you can't be an afterpay customer and use your afterpay account. Which is interesting because a lot of retailers offer all buy now, pay later yeah. services. Yeah. And so I think for them, it's just a matter of get all of them on so that we're not excluding customers who may be one or the other. Mm. So I guess the question then comes down to, well, you know, is it just a matter of having more retailers than the competitor? Yeah. Really? That's yeah. what it's going to boil down to. I mean, I'm fascinated to see how the competitive dynamics of this industry shake out because you could see a scenario, I'm not saying it's the most likely scenario, but you could see a scenario where there are so many buy now, pay later stocks or companies that are all competing for retailers. So the way that they compete for retailers, retailers obviously just want the most transactions. So all these buy now, pay later stocks go to the retailers and say, we will approve more customers for you. We'll offer you a lower percentage that you have to pay us. And so you could see a race to the bottom come out where the biggest thing is margins are squeezed because Mm. they're charging a lower percentage, Mm. but also that credit quality is reduced reduced because retailers want more purchases because the risk doesn't sit with the retailer. The risk sits with the buy now, pay later company that's giving the line of credit. And it will be an interesting industry dynamic as more and more competitors come to market and as they all compete for market share because most of them aren't profitable at the moment. Yeah. Some are, but most aren't. Zip isn't, yeah. which we'll get to. It feels like it's a unit economics and scale game. They, they want to be big. Yeah. I think we'll start to see a lot of verticals popping up as well. They'll start playing in different markets for this sort of stuff. When I think about a market like this and think about Zip in the context of its competitors, there's really three key questions that I would ask. Number one, how many customers can be converted from traditional credit products to buy now, pay later services? Secondly, what percentage of these converts can Zip capture? And then thirdly, can Zip convert other buy now, pay later service users to Zip users? They feel like the three most important questions when you're looking at how that competitive landscape is going to play out. But anyway, to answer your question, (laughs) how big is the market? So in Australia, there are 6 million buy now, pay later accounts. In the UK, 
Buy Now Pay Later has a 3% market share. And in the US, it has a 1% market share. So Australia is a bit more of a mature market, but there's big opportunity overseas. And I think the thing that we're sort of reading is that in some of these less mature markets for buy now, pay later, the adoption rate and the level of acceptance is growing quite quickly. So you would expect to see the numbers that we saw in Australia play out overseas. Mm So this is where we should probably talk about who the competitors are, but you've got a bit of a game, Mm. okay? So we've got a list of all of the competitors, but I figured you can just Google a list of the major buy now, pay later companies. So I want to play a bit of a game where I'll throw a name out and you tell me if it's a real or fake competitor. (laughs) Domestically? US, UK, Australia. Okay. We'll start easy. So after pay? Yes. Okay. After buy? No. Uh, it's real. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real company owned by eBay. Sezzle? Yes. Split it? Yes. Your pay? No. No, you're right. Open pay? Yes. Klarna? Yes. Pay your way? No. Uh, you're not bad. You're pretty good. <laughs> Wait and pay? Interesting. No. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, Wait and pay? <laughs> future pay? Nah. It's real. Oh. <laughs> is that like a before pay one? Before pay, no. Well, it's, that's a separate thing. Yeah. yeah. Pay for, the number four. Pay for? Yeah. No. Real. That's damn <laughs> <laughs> All right. Open pay? Nah. It's real. <laughs> Clear pay? Nah. Real. Ah. <laughs> Divide by and buy B-U-Y. Surely not. Uh, I mean, it makes sense. Divide by. No. Real. Jeez. None of these are in Australia. Some are. Gee. Little Woods. No. Yeah, it's real. <laughs> I <laughs> never thought of that one. Finger Hut. I guess so. <laughs> yeah, yes. it's real. <laughs> Those two, Little Woods and Finger Hut, I was no like, sense. Yeah, yeah. No sense. But yeah, look, I think the long and the short of that game is there's a lot of competitors. That That's not even the full list. The two big competitors that are particularly interesting to me are Affirm which is a $10 billion US company that's about to IPO and was started by like an ex-PayPal executive and PayPal itself who are looking at the buy now, pay later sector. They're the the two big guys. Visa and MasterCard are also looking to play in that sector. So yeah, I think some of those bigger competitors are the most interesting to me, but the, the list of small buy now, pay later stocks or buy now, pay later companies is growing mm. By the Mm. day it feels. Mm. So move to Outlook, future plans. Uh, It's a space that you've always had reservations for this sort of space. And I guess it's worth touching on industry trends here. And I guess the key message that you've always been sort of on your mind with this space is the anticipated regulation of the sector. I mean, that would be my third biggest reservation. My, my, My top two are one, the pricing of credit. And then to the competitive effects, which we've touched both, we've both touched on. But yeah, regulation is coming, it seems. And on the whole, Zip have been pretty supportive, you know, been engaging with regulators and politicians. And I mean, the the buy now, pay later regulation discussion is really all around consumer protection and assuring that, um, you know, consumers aren't getting too much credit um, and putting themselves in bad financial positions 
So in terms of the actual future plans for Zip, this is something that we'll dig into a little bit with Larry. But I think um, if we're looking at the short term, it's pretty obvious that their intentions are focused on expansion for both domestically and also globally, be it through acquisitions or to continue pushing the product that they already have in the UK, USA and New Zealand. And as we sort of spoke about a few minutes ago, I wouldn't be surprised if we see entrance into new types of markets where they can apply the same sort of technology and concepts to other areas in which we are, are paying, you know, be it through bills or perhaps buy now, pay later for stocks or whatever it may be. <laughs> so I'd be interested to hear from Larry what their intentions are longer term. So we'll crack into him next episode. Hopefully it's to become profitable at some point as <laughs> yeah, well. True, true. <laughs> so Ren, do you want to kick into some financials because you've just mentioned the profitability? Yeah. So the big thing with a lot of these buy now, pay later stocks, and if we talk specifically about Zip, it's that their revenue is growing at an incredible rate. Some of the best revenue growth you'll probably see in the Australian stock market. The last few years, it's been up over 100%. Last year, it was up 90%. They've sort of gone from zero to... 160 million in what six seven years yeah it's been a pretty consistently strong growth rate in terms of revenue so the first thing that you really like to see as an investor is that this company has a rapidly growing customer base and is rapidly growing capturing top, that top line sales yeah. yeah yeah that's the first thing the the second thing is that they're not yet profitable and they've never been profitable they lost about $20 million last year on $160 million of revenue. The year before, they lost $11 million on $80 million of revenues. And the year before that, they lost about $20 million again on $40 million worth of revenue. So the key thing you're saying there is that their revenue is growing at an incredible rate, but their costs are also growing at an incredible rate. You hope that at some point they reach economies of scale where the I mean, the, the term is operating leverage, but really all that means is that every incremental sale they get in terms of their revenue, much more of it flows to the bottom line because expenses aren't growing at the same amount. So that's really the beauty of a lot of these tech companies is that because they have high fixed costs and low variable costs, once they hit that sweet spot, then their, their operating leverage is huge. Mm -hmm. and, and you see the best example of that recently has been Microsoft, where every incremental dollar they make in revenue, about 70% of it flows straight to the bottom line in terms of profit. And huge. so the buy now, pay later sector will be hoping that they can show those characteristics. Uh, some Part of me thinks that they're slightly different companies because as your customer base expands, as the amount you're loaning expands, the amount of bad debt that isn't paid back expands and stuff like that as well. But a lot of their fixed costs would come in like their technology and their credit verification and stuff like that. So they would hope that at some point they can keep that revenue growth, but mm -hmm. then really turn that profit around. They have a fair bit of cash on their balance sheet, about 35 million, 34 million. And they've got about the same amount of that in short-term debt. So their balance sheet seems fine. They're growing their revenue at an incredible rate. Their expenses are also growing, but obviously they're expanding rapidly. So the the question really becomes, when can they hit that profit? Yeah. Also worth noting with these companies is to have a, a look under the hood at what they call bad or doubtful debts. And this is, to your point, Ren, all about the way in which they're going to be looking at, I guess, the health of the credit checks. And if that does deteriorate, then you're putting yourself in a position where you might be exposing yourself to a more bad debt. 2020 annual report showed that bad and doubtful debts increased to 50 
53.7 million, which was an increase of 17 million. Yeah, reflecting a 17 million increase in bad debts, which was written off, and a 14.7 million increase in the provision of expected losses. So what essentially that means is they have to keep cash aside, I guess, anticipating that a small percentage of the total debts that they're paying out will be bad and uh, they won't be able to recover. So they do need to ensure that A, that number isn't increasing year on year, but B, that they do also have enough cash to be able to pay that out. So something to just keep an eye on with these companies that are playing in the credit space. Just on that, so 17 million increase up to 57 million. So 53 million, yeah. So their bad debt increased, what, a scratch under 50%, which was about half of what their revenue grew. So you would hope that that ratio continues. Like if their bad debt is growing faster than their revenue or close to their revenue number, then you say, well, it feels like they're deteriorating their credit quality to yeah. to increase that revenue number. But if that if the revenue continues to grow at a much faster rate than the bad debt, that's a good sign that you know the credit quality is there. Because as a percentage of their overall revenue, you would hope that bad debt isn't increasing. Yeah. Yeah. So Ren, to close out, it's a tough one to put a valuation on given that it is not profitable. Yeah. So you can't be doing any sort of discounted cash flow model or no. anything I like mean, that. I you, mean, you can if you want to forecast out their financials for years to come and say, I think at this point they'll be profitable and this is how much money they'll make. And then you can try and discount that future cash flow. But it's so fraught. Like yeah. there, there's so many assumptions built into that. I think the company would even struggle to to yeah. properly forecast well, that you'd out. hope they'd have an idea. Oh, well, like, yeah, when are we going to be profitable? We hope we're going to be profitable in 2023, yeah. but yeah. who knows? We might acquire another... True, yeah. true, true. I think really all we can do is a bit of a, I guess, a relative valuation. Yes. And because we don't have earnings numbers, we can really just look at price to sales. Yep. or pri- We could look at price to book, but if we look at price to sales, so that's basically saying for every dollar of sales, how much am I paying? Yeah. And so Zip's price to sales ratio is $14.50. So for every dollar of sales, you're paying $14.50, basically. To put that in context, Sezzle, which is an Australian buy now, pay later, is around almost 30, 29.8. Flexi Group is lower. Flexi Group's at one, which is, is quite low. Okay. Afterpay, 54. Wow. Yeah. Split it, 170. Geez. Relatively speaking, it seems cheaper than a lot of its competitors. Yeah. But with all things in this space, very new industry, a lot of share price growth over the last 12, 24 months, you know, their growth companies, you know, you would expect to see some of these larger price to sales numbers. I guess the question is whether or not uh, you're prepared to pay for those numbers, which is really an indication of the expected growth over the next, you know, five years or so, which is, you need a lot of growth. Yeah. I mean, the irony for me is that Flexi Group is the only one that's profitable. (laughs) Yeah, true. True. (laughs) There's a lot of expectation built into these stocks. I feel Zip is a little less than Afterpay and some of these other ones, but yeah, we'll see. Well, Ren, that was a, a good stock to kick off the summer series with Superhero and a big thank you to our Equity Mates community member, Morgan, who helped us with a lot of the research for this episode. 
hats off to you. If you would like more information on Superhero, head to superhero.com.au. They are offering $5 brokerage and also free brokerage on all ETFs. We're going to be chatting to Larry Diamond in a bonus episode that will be available in your feed now for a bit of a deeper dive on Zip and uh, we'll be taking some of the tougher questions straight to him. (laughs) (laughs) Always good to chat stocks, Ren, and looking forward to the next episode of the Equity Mates Summer Series. Can't wait. Thanks for listening to Equity Mates Investing Podcast, a production of Equity Mates Media. Please remember that everything you hear in Equity Mates Investing Podcast is general advice only. The content has been prepared without knowing your personal objectives, specific financial circumstances, or goals. The host of Equity Mates Investing Podcast may maintain positions in the companies discussed. Before considering any investment, please read the product disclosure statement and consider speaking to a licensed financial professional. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss.